We have been working out of a particular passage of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 3, and uh, um, the, the Lord uh, in that particular passage that, that was said to the church um, that we would be built up in the inner man. And so that's, that's kind of what we've been, we've been looking at how to be built up in the inner man and <clears throat> how, to, how to let um, the, the Spirit of God uh, build us and strengthen us and, and so that we could comprehend the fullness of what God has done and is doing in us, as the Apostle prayed for us in that particular passage of Scripture. And uh, I want to uh, draw your attention to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 19 where it says, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that is, love that is beyond our comprehension. Love that is beyond natural comprehension. We've talked about this a little bit in the past. But today I want to, to share with you a little bit about this. I want to talk to you about uh, this thought of being in Christ. To receive his love, to receive uh, his uh, blessing, to receive all that the Lord has for us. The, the Bible teaches us that we need to be in Christ. And so I'm going to direct your attention this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14. And so uh, get your Bibles and turn there. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 14. And in, in this context of, of Ephesians, what he said in Ephesians, to know, that the, to know that love of Christ that passes knowledge, I want to talk to you about this. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 14, it says this, the love of Christ compels us I want you to just think about that statement for a minute. It opens right there. The love of Christ, it is the love of Christ that compels us into the deeper things of God. It is the love of Christ that compels you. God is saying, come closer to me. Come into my presence. Come in through the veil. Come in to where I am at. Come and sit with me. Come and know me. Come and, uh, and be with me. The love of Christ is calling every, every person in this room Wherever you are in your walk with God, even if you're here and for some reason you don't know Jesus, you've never met him before, or you've not committed your life to him, he loves you and he's calling you to himself. And you would not be in this, in this moment under the sound of my voice hearing the reading of this passage of scripture if not for the fact that the Holy Spirit is calling you closer in. Come, the love of Christ compels us. Being compelled is being called in closer. And he says, because we, we judge this or we think this way, that if one died for all, then all died. And if he died for all, then those who live should no longer live for themselves. I may have been around somebody who just lives for themselves. Aren't they your favorite person? Oh, come on. 
that we no longer should live for ourselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, now listen to these words. I just want you to absorb some of this as I read it, and then we'll go back and we'll pick up some of it. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Uh, I really, if y'all got your highlighter and you've got your Bible open, I know you can't do that on your tablets, but you can highlight on your tablet, but not with your highlighter. Um, you should perhaps underline that section of Scripture, uh, highlight it, and memorize. We regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him no longer. I'm going to submit to you this morning when we talk about this that not only are we not supposed to know anyone else according to the flesh, we're not supposed to know ourselves according to the flesh. We're not supposed to judge ourselves according to the, the, the flesh, according to the circumstances, according to what it looks like around us, according to what's going on around us, according to natural things. You're not supposed to see your... Mm, I'm going to preach. You're not supposed to see yourself according to your natural circumstances. I can't move on from this. I've got to hear this, listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. When we were ministering, uh, Marty, to you a few minutes ago, uh, here... Um, Anne comes in and she says to you, I see these things happening in, uh, in young people uh, that God is bringing into your influence. I see, you see, you can't have words like that if you're going to look at the outward appearance. You can't receive the promises. You can't receive the promises of God if you're going to look at your life through natural perspectives. If you're going to look at you in the natural, you will never believe what God wants to do in and through you. Man, I, I, I didn't anticipate the anointing just coming in quite so. Uh, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So he says, no, no one after the flesh. I'm getting ahead of myself. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, we know him this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The love of Christ compels us. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, don't, don't think like the world thinks. It's time to think like God thinks. It's time to think thoughts according to what <clears throat> the word of God says. It's time to think the way God thinks about the life that is taking place around you. So don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. If you're conformed to the pattern of this world, you're just going to be hopeless when everything looks hopeless. You're just going to get on board with the hopeless train. I've just decided I'm not getting on the hopeless train. God's moving in a greater way in this generation than he's ever moved in the past. 
We just need to allow our spiritual eyes to be open to see what he is doing. So he says not to be conformed to the thinking of this world, to be, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. In other words, God is saying, the apostles saying to them, this is how I want you to think. He said in that passage that we read in the beginning, verse 14, the love of Christ compels us. Therefore, we judge this way. We think this way. If one died for all, then all died. If Jesus died for you, then you died with him. That we would no longer live for ourselves. This is how, this is what God is saying to you this morning. This is how I want you to think. That you are no longer going to live for yourself. You're no longer going to live for yourself. When I gave my life to Jesus and I said, Jesus, come into my life, do what you need to do, I submit my way to you, the Lord said, okay, there's some things you want, I'm going to change. I remember when, when Laura and I first met and we were just engaged and the prophet came to the church uh, that she was attending and I went to visit and he didn't, know, he didn't know us, he'd never met me, he didn't know we were engaged, he didn't even know we liked each other, except we were sitting by each other. And he said, young man, right there, young man, just like, just like when she came over and ministered to y'all, he, he said, young man, sitting right there, stand up for a minute. I stood up. I was about halfway back on this side, over here where the Spirit's moving. And I stood up and he said, there's some things in your life that you have planned. They are not the plans of the Lord. And the Lord is going to just take those things. He's, you don't have to struggle with this. He's just going to take them and he's going to, pull them out of your life and, and they're just not going to be there anymore. They're not going to be a part of, of what you're planning. But he's going to take some other things that you don't know about and he's going to put them in their place and he's, gonna, he's ordering your steps and he's making your way. And he says, I just suspect, he goes, just so you understand, I just suspect that, that a great deal of this is not going to happen until after God has established your home. Okay, he didn't know I was standing next to the lady I was engaged to. He didn't know we were talking about we were going to get married. He didn't know that we were getting ready to establish our home. And then when we established our, when God set us up, he set us up like, bam. It was overnight. Someday I'll have to tell that story, but that's a, too long of a story for today. But we met, and we were engaged and married in about 90 days. I don't suggest that. <laughs> but I also don't believe in long engagements either. If God's called you together, get it together. Another subject for another day. But anyway, he said, there's just some things that, that I'm going to move out of your life and some other things that I'm going to put in. Think this way. I don't live for me anymore. When I said, God, you order my steps, Lord. You make my way straight, Lord. You choose for me. I have lived my life with God choosing for me things that I would not have chosen for myself. And in hindsight, I've been, oh, thank you, God. You knew me better than I knew myself. Thank you, Lord, you knew what I needed. The Lord wants to order your steps that way. He wants you to trust him at that level. He wants to be able to shift your life around and do some and, and add some things to you that you don't even know you need yet. 
He wants to take some things out of your life that you don't even know are the source of frustration that is coming to you, that those things are, are not what he has purposed and planned for you. Just want, they're, they, they seem like minor shifts at the time, but yet they're major things in God. If you let him order your steps, trust the Lord. So in Galatians 5 and 20, the apostle put it this way. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. God wants to bring us to the place as followers of God that Christ is living in us, that Christ is living through us, that the purposes and the plans of God are unfolding in us. Is this building anybody up? In Romans 6 and 5, on this subject, he said it this way. We have been united together in the likeness of his death. Certainly, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. I'm so glad he didn't just leave us dead. He didn't just say, there's some things I want to knock out of your life. Did you know that for everything that the Lord ever takes out of our life, he only removes something to put something wonderful in its place. He only removes something uh, that, that is harmful to put something that is, is uh, for your blessing. And the things that the Lord removed from my life, there was nothing wrong with those things. They were just leading me in a direction that he wasn't leading. They were just taking me. He, he wanted to bring us out to Fresno. I didn't want to live in the valley. I wanted to live on the coast. I was living close to the coast. I wanted to live near the water. But the Lord said, no, 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 I've got plans for you in the valley. I need, to, I need to shift. See, it's those kinds of things. He was just shifting some things around. I had things in my mind that led me in a different direction than the Lord was leading. And he just wanted the opportunity. He wanted me to say, Lord, I submit myself to you so that, you, so that your plans prevail. Because I understand through the word of God that your plans are better for me than my own. Can you say that this morning, Lord? Your plans are better for me than my own. God, your plans, your, the things that you have uh, intended for me, they're better for me than my own. The direction that you're leading me is better than, than the direction that I could lead myself. So he says this. He died for all, in verse 15, he died for all those who, um, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them, for, him, for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. I want to talk to you about that. He's saying again, think this way. Children of God, we need to have our, our mind renewed. We need to think the way God thinks. Whenever I look at you and whenever you look at me, we're supposed to see what God sees. I'm supposed to see you in your God potential. That's the reason we can bring the word of the Lord to someone accurately that we've never met before. Because by the Spirit, we can see them in their God potential. I can look at you and I can see what God would do through you and what God would do in you without knowing a thing about you because I can see the way God sees you by the Spirit of the Lord. So he says we're not supposed to regard after the flesh. Now what does that mean to you? For instance, those of you that are raising children and they're up in teenage years and now they've got some time behind them and, and they've made some bad decisions and they've uh, brought on some frustration and, and you begin to see people out of the, the frustrating experience that you've had with them. 
And the Lord says, stop it. You're in a relationship that's got some years behind it and there's been some struggles along the way and you begin to interpret everything that is said by that other, other individual. Everything that comes out their mouth is filtered through, an interp- through, through you interpreting it through the difficult experiences that you've had. You're knowing them after the flesh. Some of y'all, you want your marriage to survive some rocky roads. You've got to begin to see that partner the way God sees them. You're going to work every day and you're sitting next to some individuals who are, who are, who are difficult and, and, and yet you somehow you know that God has placed you there and you're supposed to be uh, his vessel in that place and, and you're, supposed to be able to, uh, you're supposed to be able to speak life into their situation but you can't quite figure out how to do that uh, because, because you're seeing them after the, 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 the frustrating individual that they are after the flesh. So you're waking up every morning going, oh, God, I have to go there again. Anybody ever worked that job? And the Lord is saying, no, I've sent you as an ambassador into that situation. I put the word of the Lord in your mouth. I put understanding in you so that you could see what I see in the life of that individual. Don't know them after the flesh. Think this way. Don't know them after the flesh. Think like I think regarding them. See what I see. Stop responding to your life based on the perspectives that your history has built in your thinking. Are you here? Stop responding to your life based upon the history that, that uh, on what your history has built in your thinking and in your understanding. Start responding to your life based upon what God's word says about your life. God promises you that what is ahead of you is better than what is behind you. Jesus said to the disciples, and you can just carry that word right on through to you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never leave you alone. I will never leave you without comfort. I will never leave you without my presence. Begin to see your life never outside the presence of the Lord. Begin to understand that he's always with you. You see, we forget. We think that that walking with God is supposed to make everything easy. The Bible. Some of y'all. Some people think that walking with God is supposed to make everything. No, no. It was never intended to make everything easy. It was intended to grace you for the walk. It was never intended to make everything easy. It was intended to grace you for the assignment. I don't think you can read the life of the apostles and think that these men of great faith, they didn't somehow when it came time to be martyred for the sake of the gospel. They were graced for the walk. Now, that, that may not be your walk. Let's hope that's not your walk. But they were graced for the walk. So he says, be renewed in your thinking Think this way. Don't look at each other based upon or don't look at yourself based upon what 
how things have been, you're not supposed to look at, through the lens of how things have been. You're supposed to look through the lens of how things should be through God. How things are, not, not just should be, how they're going to be. Can you get a hold of that promise? Not just how they should be, how they're, how they're going to be. Looking through the lens of the eyes of faith, calling those things, the word says, that be not as though they are. I should have y'all get a piece of paper out and write down some things you're looking at. Wrong. Who are you in your relationship with Jesus Christ? What does the Bible say about you, the apple of his eye? What does the Bible say about you, his prized possession? What does the word say about you as the Spirit of God invests in you and pours into you? What does the word say about who you are in Christ? And you begin to look at yourself through those, uh, through that, from that vantage point. Who, what does the word say that you are, overcomer? What does the word say that you are, mighty man and woman of God? What does the word say that God would like to do in and through you? I'm so excited about the fact that when the prophet came, he said, he said, the Lord is showing me that he's done some work in you, but now he's come to brought you to the place that he wants to do some work through you. Does that not change your perspective? What is the deposit of the Holy Spirit that is in you? When you consider one another, when you consider that individual that, that maybe is the uh, frustration of your life right now, how many have one or two? There's individuals around you and, and they are the frustration of your life, it would seem. You need to see what is the deposit of the Holy Spirit? What is the potential deposit in their life? If that individual was walking passionately toward the Lord, if that individual came to know Jesus, if that individual had an opportunity to walk with God like I've had an opportunity to walk with God, what would God do in and through them? Some of y'all who are raising kids right now, you need to ask that question over the lives of the children that you're raising. If I can get them directed where they are passionately moving toward the things of God, if I can get them zealous toward the gifts of God, zealous toward the word of God, zealous toward the nature of Christ, if I can get their attention turned toward God, what is the potential? Would that not cause you to see things differently than you're seeing them now? So he says, don't, don't know anyone after the flesh. You yourself, when you get up and you look at yourself in the mirror every morning, perhaps it would be good for you to have a discussion with yourself. What is my God potential today? If, I, if today I allow the Lord to move through me the way he would like to move through me, if I, if I allow myself to be completely submitted to him, what is, my, what, what is God's potential in and through me today? 
I would bet that there are some of you who've never taken an opportunity to lay hands on the sick that if you met God's potential face-to-face, you'd you'd find someone sick uh, on your way, on your journey through life that day, and you'd say, "Uh, let me bring something to you. Let me bring you the healing that, that is in Christ. I'd venture to say that there are some of you who you've never given any kind of prophetic expression or exhortation. You've never said anyone to, anything to anyone about the word of the Lord. And, and God's put the word of the Lord in your mouth. And those people are right around you. And I would bet that, 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 that if you said, God, what is the potential that I have today in you? That, that if you uh, allowed yourself for just a moment to see someone the way God sees them, you'd be able to say, you know what God's showing me? God has shown me that you are special to him. God is showing me that you are that you are important to him. God is showing me that he wants to meet you and that he wants to, to show himself real to you. God is showing me that that he wants to have a conversation with you about you. Verse 17 said, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. When you came to Christ, when you gave your life to him, what passed away? You know, we say the old man is dead, but y'all can describe what the old man looked like. Don't, 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 don't. Just in your own mind, in your own mind, in your own, in your own heart. Describe to yourself what the old, the old attitudes the old grumpy frame of mind that, that we had. The old patterns of thought. The old behaviors. What's been made new? This is your testimony. You know, the Bible says that, the, essentially, I'm going to paraphrase this, the things that are done in the dark, it's not even reasonable to speak of them in the light. They should just leave those things that were done in the dark. You meet somebody and and they say, man, before I came to Jesus, I used to tear it up. I had someone sharing about those things. I said, that's not your testimony. That's not your testimony. The day you came to Jesus, the reshaping and the reframing the healing and the deliverance and the freedom that came, that's your testimony. Who are you now? I don't want to know who you were. I want to know who you are now. I want to know that the power that raised Jesus from the dead that resides in you is actually producing fruit in your life. Let's have what God has done in you. Let's have that as your testimony. Who are you now? The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in the life of the believer. What a testimony. You're no longer, we sing that song so many times, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm no longer a slave to the addictions. I'm no longer a slave to old wounds. I'm no longer a slave to past experiences. My life is no longer framed by the bad things that happened to me. My life is framed by the cross of Jesus Christ. My life is framed by the grace of God, by the love of Jesus that has poured out my life. My life is no longer framed by the things that happened to me back then. Your life is no longer framed by the things 
that happened in your past. They're framed by the things that have happened since you came and encountered a face-to-face encounter with Jesus. Since you encountered the Spirit of God, that's what frames your life. That's what shapes who you are. We're not, I'm not supposed to know you by what you used to be. You're not supposed to know me by what I used to be. That guy died. And now Christ is living in me. You're supposed to know me now. And if I haven't quite got to where I need to be, you're supposed to know me by seeing my God potential, by seeing the potential that he has deposited in me. There are people all around you that you're knowing after the frustration of their life, after their bad attitude, after their bad behaviors, and God is calling you to see them in the potential that he has deposited in them so you can speak to that potential and call it up out of their life so that they're no longer stuck in the... the, uh, in the hard places of life, but that someone around them cares enough and loves them enough to say, you know what, I I know that's what's going on right now, but that's not what I see. When I look at you, when I look at you, I see the love of Jesus being poured out. When I look at you, I see your ability to, to lift up other people around you. When I look at you, I see you taking someone by the hand and leading them to walk closer to God. When I look at you, what I see is the potential that God has deposited in you. When I look at you, I see wisdom and understanding from the throne of God coming up out of your life to encourage others. No longer framed by the past. Think this way. Think this way. Verse 19 says this. I love this passage of scripture. Listen to this. Listen to this. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. When Christ, when Jesus was in the earth, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, bringing lost mankind to himself, not holding their trespasses or their sin against them. And now he has committed to us, the apostle said, the ministry of reconciliation. Your assignment and my assignment is to find someone who is distant from the Lord and to take their hand and his hand and bring them together and reconcile them to God. How do we do that? By seeing them the way God sees them. By seeing their potential in God and telling them, this is not what, what's going on is not what I see. What's going on in your life right now, that's not what I see. What I see is a magnificent thing that God can do if you can submit your life to him. So he says this. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. He wasn't holding their sin against them. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. And now we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading with them through us. Let me submit something to you. There's somebody in your life and God is pleading with them through you. If you will let him. God is pleading with them, come and know me. 
They're looking at you. They're seeing Jesus in you. They're seeing that great peace in you that passes understanding. They're seeing that joy that even in the midst of trouble, you've just got a joyful attitude. And Don't be a grumpy believer. Stop that. Grumpy doesn't do anything good for the kingdom. Don't be one of these people who run around with a big sign. God is mad at you. Stop expecting people who don't know Jesus to live like they do. Don't be surprised when they don't. You live like you do. Be joy in their presence. Be peace in their presence. Be love in their presence. Because God is pleading with someone right now through you. There's someone in your life that, that, that Christ is pleading with. Think this way. This is what they said. He, he said, we no longer think like we used to think. This is, this is how we think now. Think this way. Look around you and, and think. God is pleading with someone through me. Verse 21 says, For he who knew no sin became sin for us. This is, this is God seeing you in your God potential. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So that we could become the righteousness of God in Him. God sees you there. That person that is closest to you, that God has put up next to you so that he could plead with them through you and, and you're just being frustrated by them. Oh Lord, get me out of here. Here they come again. All of you are laughing because you know who I'm talking about. Here they come again. No God is pleading with them through you. He wants you to begin to plead with them. Come and know Jesus. Let me introduce you to Jesus. Let me introduce you to this great Savior who loves you. He who knew no sin became our sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, so that we could be complete in Him, so that we could be complete in Him. Listen to Colossians 2, verse 6. It says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding with thanksgiving. How many would just love it if every believer in town was walking around abounding in thanksgiving? Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophies and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, old thinking. Beware in case anyone confuses you with philosophy. And verse 9 says, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Everything that is in God. Wealth in Christ. And now we dwell in him, and he dwells in us. So everything that is in God is potentially released in you. Everything that is in God has the potential to be released in you. That means the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead can raise the dead now. 
I'm fully convinced. Come on. Everything that is in God is in you. And the potential for its release is in you. The kingdom of God is within you. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you, thank God he didn't stop there, right? Are complete in him. Oh, I don't feel very complete. Well, stop living by what you feel. Man, if I live by what I felt, there's days I'd stay in bed. You can't stay in bed around my house. There's days you'd pull the covers up over your head if you're going to live by what you feel. But we're living by the grace of, of, the, of the, the power of God. And we ought to be the kind of people that are so co convinced that we're complete in Him that whenever we wake up in the morning, the devil goes, Oh my God, they're awake again! And if we'll understand the truth of Scripture, that's exactly what will happen. If you and I will understand what God is saying about us and what He wants to accomplish in and through us in the earth and what He wants to accomplish through you and your extended family and in your in-laws and outlaws and all those people around you that, that you are connected to, He's connected them to you so that you could bring the kingdom of God into their life. Let's become about that. It's no longer I who lives. It's Christ who lives in me. Live in me. Breathe in me. Live through me. Let that, let that love of the Lord be expressed through me. Now, I want to point out to you, I'm not going to preach this, I just want to point out to you, I want to make a connection for you. Ephesians chapter 2 and so on talks about being seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He's referring to that right here in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. In, in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Remember, he was seated there and everything was put under his feet. And then Ephesians chapter 2 said, and we're seated there with him. Oh, I would to God that we would begin to see ourselves understanding that all principality and power has been put under our feet. We're complete in Him. You are powerful in God. The word of the Lord resides in your mouth and on your tongue. The message of reconciliation belongs to you. There are people around you who need heart of the Father, God is pleading with them through you. If I go talk to them, they won't talk to me. They don't know me. But they know you. God is pleading with them through you. You are complete in Him. Let's stand together. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, He is a new creation. 